Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If it's a horrible mistake, at least in a year, you'll know. But if you don't do it in a year, you still won't know. You're listening to Beyond the Rut, a podcast about inspiring you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of. Here are your hosts, Sean Albright and Brandon Cunningham. Today, we are going to be talking about comfort zone and really trying to dig into this and identify what it is, what we can do about it, and and maybe lessons we've learned throughout our our short lives for some of us, long lives for the others. (laughs) So anyway, I'm your host, I'm Sean, and I blog over at seanalbright.com. site is called 30ish and Confused. The third man of our team that's the behind-the-scenes guy is the therealjerrydugan.com, and he's got a uh, podcast as well called Family Time Q&A. And then the other idiot on the show is Brandon. And I invented I have... Google. <laughs> he invented Google. I don't really know what to ever say about Brandon. He's just the, the other guy. So, no, Brandon's actually kind of responsible for getting this uh, travesty started. So if we if we cause any pain in anyone's life, I'll be giving out his personal email here in just a little bit. So you can send all of your, your hate mail that direction. Anyway, how's things going, Brandon? So far, pretty good. I can't complain. Beautiful day in Corpus Christi, Texas. Yeah. All right. So, so this is a subject that that you and I both know quite well. I think we've spent the better part of the last five years in the comfort zone and and really trying to to get out of it. And we'll make progress, and then we'll we'll regress back. Regress is regress a word. Digress? No. We'll go backwards. <laughs> there you go. We'll go in reverse. So, we'll go in reverse. And, and in fact, the comfort zone and staying in the comfort zone is really kind of the the general theme that we that got us into this podcast in the first place. So beyond the rut is generally talking about you get in that rut, you get in that comfort zone, and you know that there's life beyond that comfort zone, beyond the rut. What do you do? How do you get there? So this is really a foundational episode, I think, for really defining what the heck we're doing and why we're doing it. I think that you're right. That's how the whole conversation started is the rut is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not a bad place. It's just, it's comfortable. As long as you're in the rut, you don't get run over because you're down below the surface. So you keep the medical insurance, the the pension, the uh, 401k, the office you know, the job, the product you know, and that you've already mastered. So there's really no risk in the comfort zone. Yeah, but the the problem with it, and we'll, we'll identify this coming up, is there's nothing really significant or great that happens there either. You know, that that's just kind of ordinary life. And to some people, maybe that's totally fine. But I, I have a feeling if anyone's listening to this show based on the, the title, there's something in them that says, this sucks. This is not the life that I want to live. I know there's something else out there. What do I do about it? How do I get out of here? And uh, I hope that's kind of what we're going to be able to talk through today. So kind of jumping into the subject, I think it's it's important to identify what is the comfort zone and you kind of already nailed it a little bit with with that being in the rut and being that safe but go a little further what else what else is that meant to you when you realize hey I'm I'm in this little comfort zone I've got to break out I think for me it's it's whenever you get to a point where everybody says you're so 
good at what you do, you make it look easy. You don't seem like you work at it, which is normally a good thing. You think of, you know, Michael Jordan on the court and how just with ease he played the game. But he also challenged himself with little things throughout the day and throughout the game and and his life. But sometimes the comfort zone just looks like the place that it did yesterday. For me, it's I know what's going to happen tomorrow. My day's scheduled. I know what's going to happen. I know within minutes sometimes what somebody's going to say, how something's going to go. And I think the comfort zone for me is a place where I know the decision's going to be A or B, and more than likely I'm going to pick B and we're going to move forward. The drama is either fake and the risk is completely calculated or it's just not there at all. But like you said, that means that the reward's not there either. You get a decent amount of money, decent benefits, right? You know, and 99% of the world would love to live the way we live. And it's not being appreciative of what we have. It's just wanting more, risking more. Right. I think it's maybe wanting more. Maybe we need to even identify that a little bit more because I've even talked to my wife and she seems to be just a little different mentality uh, looking at this subject. And when I'm talking about wanting more, I rarely mean I want more money or that I even want more power or more position. It's more significance. It's more feeling of what's the word that that you've accomplished something that what you do matters you know that's when i think of more that's what i'm referring to so you know from this point going forward on the show that's really what we're talking about we're we're rarely talking about making more money that may be part of it that may be you know that may come with it but that's not the goal right and i think significance is the perfect word because uh, don't get me wrong if you're listening to this and you're thinking well yeah but you guys make plenty of money and that's why you don't really worry about it we are definitely not starving to death but we're not making millions. We're very comfortable. There's no question about it. Our kids are insured. Our home is, you know, secure. It's a good place to live. And we, we're comfortable. That's not a question. Significance is what we're talking about because we want to do something that matters, that makes a difference in our child's life and maybe our grandchildren's lives. And if you think about it, every president within the first three to four years starts thinking legacy because even mm-hmm. though they've been elected president, they want that presidency to matter significantly throughout history. And I always liked what President Bush said about when someone would ask what was the legacy of his presidency, and he would always say, well, they're still writing books about George Washington. So by the time they get to me, I'm going to be long gone and I'm not going to care anymore. But my great, great, great grandkids will probably care. So, you know, it's that legacy, that significant life we want to live, not to just be born, make some money, eat, drink, be merry and then die, but do something that matters. Almost everyone has that little nagging feeling that's something that they can't identify it. They don't necessarily even know what their dream is or what their big goal in life is or what they want to give their life to. That part of this point of the conversation is not important. It's the fact that it's there. They can't, they maybe can't identify it, but there's that feeling all the time when they, when they hear conversations like this, something stirs inside them that goes, oh, I want that. When you read a story about somebody taking risk, you identify with it because you wish that you were that person that was able to do that. But then you start telling yourself all of these things and kind of going back to another episode where we're talking about uh, self-talk. You get into that mindset of, well, it must be nice that such and such happened to you know so-and-so, but I can't do that because, and then they come up with a thousand reasons. I've got, I've got child support or I've got to pay the bills. I've got mortgage. I've got mouths to feed, that sort of thing. At the end of my life, I don't want to use my children as the excuse 
for not pursuing something because at some point I'm going to have a conversation with them that says, hey, go out, pursue your dreams, take risks, live life. I don't want them to look at me and go, well, why didn't you do that? Yeah. Well, well, because you came along and screwed it all up. You know? yeah. I mean, who wants to say that to their kids? So you've got to do that sort of life now to model that for the kids down the road. Well, that, that's really a great way to put it, too. It's the example you're setting for your kids. And we had talked previously about there's at least a segment of the population, men in general, because that's the only species we really understand, but uh, <laughs> that will sometimes just bail on their family for whatever reason. Maybe they're hiding something. Maybe they always wanted to do something and just never did it. So now they want to just leave their family. And I think like what you're saying is model that for your kids. Don't just do it and leave your family behind, but make them part of it. Teach yeah. them what it means to dream and to risk something. Because well, and the bottom line is you're not going to die. You might fail, but you won't die. Well, and, and that, that'll take us into one of the points that, that I try to live by is you may make mistakes in life, but try not to have regrets. And when we moved to Colorado, and, and anybody that knows me has heard his story a thousand times, so I won't go into it on this particular episode, but essentially my wife and I had the discussion for probably a year on what we wanted to do. We wanted to get out of that rut. We wanted to do something a little bit different, try something big, take a risk. And when we, when it came down to it, we decided that we would rather go and it be a mistake and us just come back. We're not going to die while we're there. It may cost us a little money and it could be a mistake. But if we never went, it would be a regret. And the rest of our life, we'd be saying, oh, what if? Oh, why didn't we? We could have. We should have. I do not want that in my life. As much as I can help it, I would much rather go with mistakes. I think it's true that, you know, when you did that, of course, we've talked and I know it costs some money and it wasn't the best financial move in the world you've ever made. But what's significant to me about that story is in the beginning, when you first started talking about this is what we're doing, is the number of people, A, that either told you it was a huge mistake, you shouldn't do it, even though they didn't know either and had never attempted anything like that. And the number of people that said, like me, man, I wish I'd done something like that, which mm -hmm. later on, it kind of hit me. I kind of did when I moved from my hometown down here, not knowing anybody, but just trying something. And, and your goal, like you said, was to just not regret it. If it's a horrible mistake, at least in a year, you'll know. But if you don't do it in a year, you still won't know. Well, what, what do you think it is that keeps people, and it's a pretty obvious answer, but kind of dive into it. What makes people not take the step whenever they know that there's that something, whatever we're, we're calling it, that little feeling that there's something more, what keeps them from exploring it in the first place? I think some of it's like in the last episode, the self-talk. And then some of it is we're a little afraid of success. Like, what if I apply for this job on Wall Street and get it? Well, then you're going to have to actually do the job. You can't, <laughs> you know, just say, well, hey, I got the job. Okay, when do you move? Oh, I'm not taking it. I just wanted to see if I could get it. <laughs> or I open this business and it's a huge success. I got to manage this. So to me, the comfort zone sometimes can be a negative thing because it's so comfortable. Like if I go to work tomorrow, I know exactly where my office is. I know who works for me. I know who I need to talk to. I know my email and I know who will do whatever it is I need to get done. If I was to start a business, I've got to figure out these distributors and, and marketing and, and all these other legalities of owning a business and hiring people. And I've got to figure all that stuff out. So some of it's just the comfort zone's more comfortable than the danger zone. So they don't want to go there. 
Well, and, and what you're saying basically is people have two different types of fear. There's fear of failure and fear of success. And I'm sure every, I'm sure you've heard this and, and maybe it'll be something new for some people, but I think the best definition of fear in this context is false evidence appearing real. The things that we worry about, whether it's fear of failure or fear of success, most of them are never going to happen. Right. But we can sit there and imagine and imagine and imagine to, to, to no end all the stupid things that could happen, and they're probably never going to. But you will never know if you don't start taking some form of action toward that goal. But at the same time, we wished we had what that other guy has. We wished we had the lake house or the trips to Italy or the, the boat or whatever it is. Not necessarily the material things, but we just wish we had his kind of confidence, the, the boldness it takes to just start something. But the problem is you can't have greatness without risk. So you have to right. risk something. You got to put something on the table in order to reap the rewards. And I know a lot of this may sound like money, but believe me when I say money will absolutely not solve your problem because a lot of money will just put more pressure on you to succeed and to protect that money and then your comfort zone gets even bigger so if you have no money and no access and you feel like you're just basically at the bottom of the barrel you're really in a good place because if you screw up you're going to only fall a couple of feet if you're a millionaire and you screw up you're going to fall a long ways Well, think about some of the the best success stories that we're all familiar with. They're always rags to riches. Very rarely is it riches to riches. Riches to riches, that doesn't make a great story. Nobody talks about it, and it doesn't happen that often. Yes, I I get it that a lot of people say, well, it takes money to make money, and the rich keep getting richer, and there's all kinds of sayings around that. But when it comes to the stories of things like we're talking about of significance, of pursuing something that you care about, not just making more money, but building something that you're proud of, that fulfills you, that you feel maybe that's a God-given dream or desire. Most of the times, those rags to riches stories, like you're saying. They're adversity. When you face adversity, then you get happiness. You know, when you come out of that, you're happy. My next-door neighbor is a great guy. He surfs in South America. He has a boat he takes out. He lives a great life. But he, about a year and a half ago, he had a little business that uh, made this product that, and it's way too complicated to explain, but it's used in sports stadiums and stuff like that. But somebody in his company stole about $150,000 from him and didn't pay his corporate taxes, even though he wrote the check and signed everything, didn't turn it in for two years. So he lost the business, had this huge tax lien on him, and he recovered in about eight to nine months, thought they were going to lose everything. But whenever I talked to him again, I just said, what are you going to do? How are you going to rebound from this? And he said, well, it's just another way to figure out if I can do it again. And if I can do it again, it'll be better because now I won't make the same mistakes. Now he's done it again. And I told him the other day, I said, you've got a great story now to tell. And he goes, actually, you don't realize this, but this has happened to me twice. I lost the first business I started years and years ago because of my mistake. This one was somebody just stole from me. But that's what you got to do. Face adversity so you get can get happiness makes you appreciate things stay with us we'll be right back and now let's talk about how you can use cap show to repurpose and market your content if you have a business like me you can upload your cornerstone long-form content like podcast episodes or youtube videos into cap show and it will create all your content marketing assets for you and here's the coolest part cap show is more than just a robotic ai tool It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. 
Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Yeah, you're right. There's a guy that I talked to and probably a year ago, he was telling me a little of his story. And you know, it's that it's that same story like you're talking about where he was in the banking industry, started doing a little bit of work on the side to, I think he was painting stripes on a, on, in the parking lots of the bank. And, you know, he got laid off in the big, you know, financial thing hit in the eighties. All he had to fall back on really at that moment to make immediate money was to go paint more stripes. Well, from there, very quickly, he got some connections with people that were pouring asphalt for the parking lot itself. Well, he kind of started using some of his prior experience uh, in the banking industry and realized, hey, I could I could start my own contracting company. And it didn't happen overnight. That, that, that's the short story. <laughs> but now he has an incredibly successful business contracting, doing parking lots and, and things of that nature. But it took him completely being devastated and basically waking up going, oh, crap, what am I going to do to feed my family or to pay the bills today? It was that adversity that forced him out of his comfort zone. And again, what we're talking about with, with a lot of people being in that rut, they're in the comfort zone because it's comfortable. You know, yeah. they, it, it's, it's not hard rocket to, science. Right. It's hard to take a step out of it. And I think a lot of us think if I, uh, you know, if I, if I was in that situation where something really bad happened, then I would do X, Y, and Z. Well, why wait on something really bad to happen? If you know what X, Y, and Z is, and if you could say, man, this is what I would do if, if tomorrow I had no, no way to support my family, here's what I would go do first thing. It's a pretty good signal of what you should be doing tomorrow anyway. Yeah. You don't have to get cancer first. You don't have to lose right. your home. Your your wife left you or, you know, your dog died or whatever. Chase that dream now. And that's what Beyond the Rut's all about. It's don't wait until the rut ends. Wait until you're ready to start your dream and then start it. Don't wait for somebody else to kick you out of that rut because that's what generally happens. Like your story, the guy, the bank kicks you out the door. Well, guess what? You don't get to stay in that comfort zone anymore. Now you've got to get out there and start something new. You know, mm-hmm. somebody steals a bunch of money from your business. Boom, you're kicked out again. You got to get out there and start something. Most people don't leave the comfort zone unless somebody kicks them out. The really successful, happy people, not money, but just success and just legitimate life that they love. It's because they decided to get up and walk out of the comfort zone. I did it proactively. So the next kind of thought, and I think there's uh, there's two ways that people view this, and I think it's actually a really interesting uh, discussion is... I hope so, because otherwise people don't (laughs) want to listen to this. (laughs) <laughs> so the I've got nothing to respond to that. <laughs> Just uh, I have nothing. So the two thoughts here are: when you're trying to get out of your comfort zone, do you take the blind leap of faith, or do you build a bridge? And and the build a bridge is a, it, to me it's a new. I guess, way of thinking. And I, re- I just read Jeff Goen's book that he just released. It was called The Art of Work. Really good book. And he talks about building this bridge because the leap of faith is so scary that hardly anybody will do it. And a leap of faith also 
kind of implies that you're going to go from a stable ground and you're just going to wildly jump into something, anything, and just hope that good things work out. There's more to the whole leap of faith thing, but the the other side of it and what he's explaining with this build a bridge is go start going and taking small steps towards something that you already know. You already have a skill and you already have um, something that you've been working in. You're, you're, you're building off your prior experience, things of that nature. So as an example, the, the guy that we were talking about in the banking industry, he didn't just all of a sudden um, completely abandon his experience and his knowledge of the financial world and how to draw up contracts and, and talk to customers and all of that. He used those skills and he just kind of pivoted. He kind of just went a different direction with them. So that's the philosophy of building a bridge. What's your take on those two? I think the build a bridge thing is just good quality common sense. It's the kind of thing that, you know, our, our grandfathers did, our great grandfathers did. It's not to get too theological here, but the Garden of Eden with the multiple streams. It's like build some other ways for you to make money so you're not totally reliant on one job because that job could end. And right. you, know, the, you you think of all the guys at Enron that knew for sure that company was going to last forever because they were a mammoth. You know, they were just, they could do anything and they're gone now. You know, yeah. and, and, and you think of uh, Arthur Anderson, you know, and, and all these major companies <laughs> no, that are I just don't. gone. <laughs> I never think of Arthur Anderson. Yeah. I have no idea who that is or it, what that is. It was a big accounting firm back <laughs> back a, a million years ago. But it was kind of the same thing. So I think the build a bridge thing makes sense is start to build your skills little by little. You know, you don't need to start a business with a sign that runs 20 hours a day. You just start small. Mow the yard next door before you mow the yard two doors down before you start the landscaping business, you know, right. build on it. But then the leap of faith is also a great way to go because if you get fired today, you've got to go find a job tomorrow. And we've been unemployed. We know what this feels like. Most people have been unemployed at some point in their life, sometimes because of something you did, sometimes beyond your control. But you had to go out there and try to find a job and start working. So what you do is take that leap of faith, but don't forget the faith. Have faith in yourself that you're going to land someplace. Yeah, so the the Build-A-Bridge, I think, is... It just makes more sense because it's it's taking you're already so scared to to take that next step anyway. And when you're like we're saying when you're you're doing that leap of faith, it's just too scary. I mean, I can't even go deep on that. It's <laughs> there's no it's faith just, in it. Yeah, it's just too much for most people to handle. So when somebody loses a job, for instance, rather than building a bridge or trying to figure out, okay, let me just get a little composure and figure out what I can do or which direction I can go. They immediately jump right into the exact same job, the exact same industry, making the exact same amount of money for another company that they don't like doing another job that they don't like. I know a guy that did that. Yeah, I've, I have done that. So um, that's why it's so easy to talk about because it's, it's just so natural. But I think that's what this and my blog and some other things is that starting to build that bridge to where if that happens again, maybe I'll have a little more ability to to go different directions and not feel like, hey, I do have a family to support. I do have to pay the mortgage. I can't go six months without a job. I need a paycheck basically uh, next week. So starting before you need it is is great advice. And I think that's something everybody out there should be thinking about. And, um, you know, kind of having a little mental game plan right now, I think that's an easy first step for someone. If they, if they're listening to this saying, yeah, that's, that's me. Everything you're saying, you guys is, uh, is resonating with me. Then start exploring 
what do you currently have skills-wise or experience or connections or resources that could push you or lead you in that new direction? Right. And, and I think you're exactly right. We're not all that smart. You yes, know, you're and, not. And yes, clearly, you're not. <laughs> the one person on this podcast that you don't hear from, Jerry, is is the brains behind this operation. He builds all the infrastructure into this. So get help. Don't be afraid to reach out to somebody else and say, hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? You will probably find somebody else that wants to support your dream and get your advice for their dream. And that's kind of how this started. We started talking about that. And it's like, how can we help other people? but also at the same time help ourselves to branch out and do something different, something we didn't know how to do. So, of course, we, we went and found somebody that did. We, we knew who he was, but we wanted to do something that was quality, but we didn't know how to do it, so we got help with it. And I think those small steps, you know, do what you're good at, believe in yourself, and then start doing them just a little bit at a time and see what happens. Because yep. now that we're wildly successful with this and, <laughs> you know, and we're getting millions and millions of emails a day and calls and, and people just send checks by the truckloads. Uh, we realize that even though this podcast is a lot better than the first one, it's nowhere near where we need to be. So it's constant improvement. Yeah, we're we're. We're constantly pushing our own comfort zone because, you know, going into blogging was, was not very comfortable because it's, uh, you're putting yourself out there. You're, you're becoming vulnerable for people to criticize and the imposter syndrome kicks in and all of that. Well, we've just gotten to where I'm starting to feel a little better about that. I'm starting to get a little more comfortable. And now here we are starting a podcast and it's basically yeah. pushing that, that imaginary wall just a little bit more, taking just a little bit of extra step and, um, Kind of a quote, I think. It's not so much of a quote as it is a um, uh, an idea, I guess. Like, uh, maybe it is a quote. Um, it's from The Dream Giver, and it's a book by Bruce Wilkinson. An excellent book talking about the comfort zone. Absolutely. And it's a very simple read. Um, and in fact, the first half of the book is basically about somebody called Ordinary, and they live in the land of comfort. It's a little cheesy, but it's specifically designed that way to where you have absolutely no reason to not understand what he's talking about. <laughs> And uh, kind of a point that he makes in there, he says, it was hard to leave my comfort zone, but it would have been even harder to leave behind my dream. And I'm glad I didn't do it. You know, he really talks a lot about you have to want your dream more than you want your fear. And it sounds so silly, but that's really true. I mean, you have to want that dream more than you want your comfort. And uh, when you finally make that realization, I think that's when things get real and you do take that step out of the comfort zone. I think that's right. You're right. That's a great book because it's written very simply. Anyway, I'm going to close out this episode. I hope it meant something to you guys as far as getting out of your comfort zone. We'll definitely follow up on this topic uh, in future episodes about, okay, now you've identified you're, you're in your comfort zone. And uh, here's where, you, you know, you've got your dream identified. Here's some steps to get to that point. So we will cover that future episodes. Peace out. Thank you for joining us on this discussion about obstacles that keep us from breaking out beyond the rut. Be sure to head over to iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe to our show, then share us with your family and friends. You can also view the show notes of each episode on our website, beyondtherut.com.
don't just do it and leave your family behind, but make them part of it. Teach yeah. them what it means to dream and to risk something. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.